Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Last week, we talked about what to do in times of crisis, which could be equated to in times of a great deal of conflict. And of course, we were talking about on a national and community scale. In this week's episode, I want to focus on the conflict that happens in your office and with your team. Because honestly, if we want to address things on a larger scale, we're never going to do it if we can't even address the conflicts that we have interpersonally with the people that we work with and the people in our lives. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Dealing with conflict in the workplace is a pretty big topic, so I actually want to break it into two parts. This week, we're going to talk about the root of the problem. So how conflict arises, why does it impact us so much, why does it feel so personal? And then next week, I want to focus more on what you can do as a supervisor to help solve these problems and work through them. But I don't want to make a really long episode, so we're going to do it in two parts. So really, I want to focus on, in this episode, three things that I think really impact how conflict shows up for us, both personally and within our office place, so within the people that you supervise. So I'm going to talk about talents, identity, and stories today. So of course, being a strengths advocate and a strength certified coach, let's start there. We've talked about in other episodes how deep our talents run, how they show up in everything we do, in every interaction we have, and we've explored a little bit about how our talents aren't just behaviors, they're ways of thinking, they're ways of feeling about the world, and that goes right to the core of who we are, and that includes our identity. So when we are in conflict with someone else, it often feels very personal, And when that person is acting in this way or that way that rubs us the wrong way, it's really easy to assume it has to do with us, that somehow they're acting in such a way. And in fact, through coaching and and other interactions that I have, even just griping, people will say they're doing it on purpose just to irritate me. And in the worst situations, yes, that does happen when you get to a certain point that you're just really irritated with the other person, you do start to push their buttons on purpose because you just can't take it anymore. But I don't want to talk about that so much right now because that's when things have escalated. And next week, we're going to talk more about this, but when we don't do anything about the conflict between other people, between ourselves and other people, it can get to that point. The drama can escalate and that's not good for your team and for productivity. And definitely it's bad for students because it impacts how everyone is able to do their job effectively. Because our talents run so deep and impact the way we see the world, when we interact with another person, 
if they have talents that aren't necessarily congruent with ours, I don't want to say the opposite because that seems a little combative, but just seeing the world a different way. And one of my classic examples is someone who's analytical, who has the ability to analyze data and look at the numbers. What are they telling us versus someone who has empathy? And they're looking at it from a very different perspective of how people are feeling about it. So even though the data may say the best course of action is A, someone with empathy might say that could very well be, but no one is going to go for that because everyone feels this way. And so you can see how that would kind of be diametrically opposed, those two approaches to a situation. So within the Clifton Strengths framework, there are five guiding principles. And I'm not going to go into all of them. The first one of which is that themes are neutral. So as much as we strongly identify with our own talents and view that as the optimal way to see the world, it's really just one of many combinations of talents and viewpoints. So it's really easy for us because we live it every day. And again, it's part of our identity. It's really easy for us to, to dig in and say, no, the correct way to analyze the situation or deal with this situation or interact with people is this way. That's not really the case. It just, it just feels so close to us that that's how we interpret it. Another one of the guiding principles is that differences are an advantage. And when we are under stress, it's our tendency to kind of dig in to the talents that we have, which again, when this is all happening, we don't view it as our talents. We just view it as who we are viewing the world from what we know and our abilities and our beliefs and values. And if we are super stressed, it's really hard for us to kind of step back and say, okay, that's not how I'm seeing the situation. Let's talk about why you're approaching it differently. It's really hard to do that when you're stressed. The fourth guiding principle is go forward with positive intent. And again, this is where it's really challenging if you are under a lot of stress, because as we've talked about in numerous episodes, when you're under stress, you're really hyper-focused on the problem. And if there's a, an interpersonal conflict, that is the problem. That is the cause of the stressor. So you really focus on those differences versus, again, stepping back and seeing things in a more objective way. And so when you go forward with positive intent, the idea there is that everyone has something to contribute. And when people are showing up in a way that rubs us the wrong way, again, we take it personally. We think that's just the quote unquote wrong way to do it. But if we look at it from a different perspective, if we look at it from the idea or the understanding that everyone is doing the best that they can and they're simply showing up through the lens of their talents, which most likely are going to be different than mine, then that can almost immediately diffuse the situation. So it's not Betsy being a bleep on purpose just to piss me off. It's that Betsy legit views the world a different way than I do. And because of that, she's advocating and trying to communicate in the best way that she knows how her viewpoint. Typically, we all have similar goals. Either it's, I just want to do my job well. And even if it's, I don't want to do my job like above and beyond, I want to get my job done as effectively as possible, ideally benefiting the students, moving things forward. But again, we're all approaching it from a slightly different viewpoint because we have different talents. But again, when you go forward with positive intent, 
It's less about the differences and more about, hey, can you tell me more about why you think this is the best way to proceed? And typically we don't, you know, when we're just day to day working in the office and we have this project or that project, it can very quickly go south because, okay, I think this is the best way to handle the situation. Or, hey, guys, we have a new project. We have to think of a new way to increase retention. Bippity boppity boop. So for me, and actually, this is a great example. I used to work on a great team. Like I loved everybody on this team. We all had different strengths. Of course, no one gets along perfectly all the time. We get along really well. And I liked everybody. And when we had a new project, it was really obvious, despite all of us liking each other, that everyone was kind of approaching it from a different perspective. So I have ideation, which is the creative brainstorming talent. And my ideation was working very strongly with my strategic because I knew, okay, we all have a lot of stuff to do. Let's come up with a great idea, but also one that helps us do this the most effective way possible. And so I would always want to start with a brainstorming session, which of course was my talent. And that in my, my mindset was the best way to start. Now, other people on the team were more in the executing realm of talents. So what they wanted to do is come up with a list of things to do. Now, in my mind, we don't even have an, a good idea. And so sometimes when we would spit out an idea, the people with executing skills, like Achiever, would say, okay, great idea. Who's going to do what? Because they're like, okay, we need an idea. You're in charge of ideas. Boom. First thing out of her mouth, that's an idea. They're like, okay, let's do, 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 get it done. Who's doing what? Now, for me, and again, and it wasn't just like me and one other person in the room. There were other people who wanted to do more of the brainstorming type thing longer and other people who had other issues as well. But I'm trying to focus, trying to just illustrate this as simply as possible. So it wasn't until we took Clifton Strengths and really started to better understand where we were each coming from and the positive intent that we both approached the situation with. From my perspective, brainstorming is a process and it takes like the first idea you have is the starting point. So we need more time to brainstorm to come up with the best idea, or at least the best idea within the time frame that we have, the realistic time frame we have. And then please plan the thing because I don't want to be I don't want to be the person who figures all that out. But we weren't really able to understand what was happening until we took Clifton Strengths and understood each of our talent sets. Before then, it was just this weird visceral reaction that myself and the other people who who approached it from a brainstorming perspective first, it's just like, oh, we have to go into this. And as soon as we start brainstorming, so-and-so is going to immediately ask what to do. And so it was just this visceral response, this response of, you're doing this wrong. Why are you doing this wrong? You have to give us more time to brainstorm. But once we knew that, and again, we'll talk more about this next week. Once we knew that, we could say, oh, okay, let's have a conversation about how much time realistically we should have to brainstorm, and then how much time we need to actually plan it out. Which leads me to the fifth guiding principle, which is people need one another. Because honestly, I could come up with all the ideas in the world, but because the executing talent themes are not high for me, I would just have a list of ideas, great ideas, that never got accomplished. So we needed each other to get the job done. But again, until we understood where we were both coming from and honored that, it was just 
visceral reactions and negative feelings towards one another. So it's our talents that are connected to our identity, which when these situations come up, make us feel defensive, makes us take things personally. And as Alicia likes to say, and she didn't actually coin this phrase, but she likes to say it, our feelings are real, but they're not reality. So when myself and the other people in this group were planning things, we would have these visceral reactions, these negative feelings, which were real, that really happened. It didn't objectively sum up what was going on in that room. And again, once we took Clifton Strengths, we had a better understanding of what was going on when we had these conversations slash disagreements slash negative feelings towards one another. Which leads me into the last thing I want to talk about in this episode, which is stories. And we've talked about stories before in that ridiculously long episode, which hopefully you listen to. And if not, maybe this will spark your interest on it. But because of the way we see the world, which again goes to our talents and it goes to our identity, who we are, we create stories about what's going on in every interaction. And a few years ago, there was a book, Crucial Conversations, that came out, which did a great job kind of summarizing some of the stuff that I'm talking about. It's that we're seeing things through the lens of ourselves and not necessarily interpreting that information accurately. So that story, and we've talked about this in other episodes as well, the thought we have about what's going on. So we're in a room. I'm trying to brainstorm. Becky is trying to get us to write down a list of what's going on. In my mind, I'm telling myself a story. And again, this is prior to taking Clifton Strengths. Becky is so annoying. Why can't she see the value in brainstorming? Why is she trying to just come up with a list of things to do for this not so great idea, which then kicks in a feeling, which then keeps me going in those thought loops of Becky is so annoying. Oh my gosh, I hate working with Becky in these situations. This is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And it keeps going on and on and on. The vast majority of the stories that we have about what happens in our life are not necessarily accurate. But nonetheless, our body immediately has some sort of reaction to that. And again, as we've kind of talked about in other episodes, it may not even actually be about the situation we're in. It could be something from our past that our subconscious is like, oh, that's very similar to blah, blah, blah thing. And so when we overreact, quote unquote, to a situation or someone overreacts seemingly to a situation, it could very well be that it has nothing to do with the situation at hand. It has to do with other things. But we're just not aware of it. And so we invest the energy into kind of staking our claim, well, this has to do with this very thing. And I'm putting my foot down. I'm, I'm not flexing on this because this is clearly the best way. And how dare you, sir? So all of these things are kind of working together, even when it starts with a very small thing. You know, like when we think about the disagreements and conflict we may have on a team, some of those conflicts are just like, oh, they're not my favorite person to work with because I don't like how they do blankety blank blank. Other things run very deep. But typically, they've started with a small thing, and it's grown over time. And the more it grows over the time, the more we start identifying the issue not as, oh, this particular behavior bothers me, but we attribute it to the person. Like, this person, I don't like them. I don't think they do these things correctly. And then sometimes we're surprised when people react poorly and get defensive but of course, you're going to get defensive when you feel like someone is attacking you to your very core. 
And certainly as a supervisor, I've, I've had this happen myself. You're trying to tell someone something, this didn't go well, or we need to change the way that you do X, Y, Z, or you know, even slightly more negatively phrased, this can't happen anymore. That individual reacts often defensively. And in our mind, our supposedly objective mind, we're like, why are they reacting like, like why are they taking this personally? I'm just telling them that they need to come in on time. It's not a big deal. But we can't necessarily control how they're interpreting what we're saying. So again, these conflicts, it seems on a certain level, especially when you are a supervisor and you don't want to have to deal with them, which I totally, totally get, because it takes up a lot of our time and a lot of our energy, even more energy than it does time, because it's always kind of in this back burner. What do we do about this situation? What do we do about this person? What do we do about this person who's constantly doing X, Y, Z? But understanding where these things are coming from is important because if we don't, we do kind of go into it with the attitude of, look, I'm the supervisor and this is just how it is. You need to just accept it and move on. You know, we want the situation to be taken care of and for it to be over. So we don't like it when people have a reaction. But again, the reason they're having a reaction is because all of these behaviors, and that's what we see, we see the behavior. But the behavior is influenced by the way we see the world, our values, our beliefs, our capacities, our skills, and our identity. So it's all very interconnected. And I wanted to talk about this not because you have to tiptoe around issues because, well, I don't want to offend them, but rather when we have a good understanding, a basis of why we're reacting the way that we do. And it's not, you know, if, if you happen to have two people who are fighting on your team and that's why you're tuning in, it's not just them who acts that way. We all act that way. We all react in this way. And it's the awareness that can help us diffuse situations for ourselves and for others. And I think, well, I didn't say I was going to talk about this at the very beginning when I was like, oh, these are the three things I want to talk about. But in general, we're terrible communicators. We like, even if you have communication high, like myself, there are things that I'm excellent at communicating at, but it's not everything. When it comes to these interpersonal interactions, interpersonal interactions, you know, I have issues too. So even if you have communication high, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are the best at having these meaningful conversations. And that's one of the benefits of the Clifton Strengths framework because they actually have, they actually give you the vocabulary to have a conversation that is a bit more neutral. So it's not about, Becky, why are you ruining this meeting and trying to do something stupid, like coming up with an action plan for my first idea, and everybody knows my first idea is just a jumping off point. But instead, Becky, I understand and value your achiever, and absolutely, as soon as we come up with a better idea, one that makes more sense, you can be in charge of this meeting 100% because I don't want to. And even more than just like, hey, when we're done, you can take care of it. But realistically, and this, this probably doesn't come from my ideation, but from my strategic, like I know we only have a week to get this done. So just give us 20 more minutes or 15 minutes or 10 minutes, again, depending on the situation, to brainstorm. And you can totally tune out during this time. Like you can be on Facebook or whatever because we know that's not your jam, but give us another 15 minutes. We'll hand you the best idea and you can be in charge of the part where we break it down. 
that's a very different conversation and or thing that's happening in your mind that you don't say out loud because you can't yell at Becky or punch Becky in the face because that's viscerally what's happening. Those are two very different things. And we'll go into more depth on that next week. But again, my point this week is simply that when we have conflicts with other people, they are not superficial. They run very deep, not the conflict itself, but what's happening. And if you don't understand what's happening, it's really easy for you to misinterpret things and say, I don't get what the big deal is. Well, the big deal is the behavior that you're talking about that you don't like is a part of me. That's kind of who I am and how I show up in these settings. And of course, you can, you know, people can be using these talents as weaknesses, which is kind of another conversation. It's more of a coaching conversation. But in general, when these things happen, it's just I'm showing up the way that I know how to best navigate this world. And you don't seem to like it, aka ipso facto, you must not like me, which is typically not what's happening. But again, we don't know how to talk about this. We're under a lot of stress. We're just trying to get stuff done. And that's how it manifests. So your homework, I just want you to think about a conflict that you've had or that you're currently having. And I want you to think about how that's connected to your specific talent set. And again, next week, we're going to talk about, well, what do I do with that information? But to give us something to work with next week, think about how your interaction with Fred, like when you really look at it, even if you don't know what Fred's talents are, or if you don't know them from a Clifton Strengths vocabulary standpoint, just think about it. What might be that how I see the world versus how Fred sees the world might be the underlying problem? So that's your homework. And normally I sum up how this benefits, like how understanding this benefits you as a supervisor, benefits your team, and benefits your students. But I want to talk about that next week when we get into more of the nitty gritty of ways you can diffuse these situations. So next week we'll talk about what you can do when your team's having a problem or even even before your team's having a problem. And until then, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org/mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list.
We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. <laughs>